Welcome to this emergency podcast of the Bronx Shear Basketball Show. I'm your host, Nathan Callanan, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jack Lynch. We're coming to you from Melbourne, Australia, where it's currently 4.49pm on... It's not Monday. Um, it is... Thursday the 14th. Thursday the 14th of January. Um, I've got your knife. Today was the day, JL. We are bringing this, we are recording this emergency episode because the trade of this offseason has happened. James Harden is a Brooklyn net and there's a whole bunch of players going to three other teams. It's, it was a four-team mega deal, JL. Uh, it's going to be a great emergency podcast. It's time for tip-off. When he's sticking you and taking all your money. Ladies and gentlemen, please do not, do not throw anything on the board. You can enter a player on either team. Decker's got a clear path. Oh, he falls down. A clear path to the basket and slipped and fell much to the right of the guard's drive. Harden lost the basketball. Going to the basket and it's going to give Westbrook an easy back. Oh, no! He missed it! Here's Curry off the steal. And oh, look out! They don't like to hear the fans yeah, cheering. I'm, I'm surprised by that, and and the players are telling him not to be doing that. When he's sticking you and taking all your Once again, welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. This is an emergency episode. The James Harden trade. James Harden trades trade to the Brooklyn Nets. Jesus. I'm just I don't even say it. It's, yeah, it's too excited. I'm too excited, JL. Um, <laughs> I've got no uh, fancy introduction for you. Here we are. We're this, here. It's happened. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right. A bit shocked. A bit, mm. um, I feel like I've put my foot in my own mouth because I think every prediction we've made so far has been wrong. But here we are. The in, almost the inevitable has happened. It felt like today it was like, how did I not see this coming? You know what I mean? Like after yeah. denying that it would happen, now I was like, ah, oh, of course, it was always going to happen. So yeah, the Nets. We're, uh, we're turning into those or that show or those guys that say one thing on our show, release the episode. And then like the day before Yana signed his extension, we released an episode. I mean, you were saying, ah, oh, it's not going to happen. He's, he's not going to sign the extension this this uh before december 21 and then he did and uh, i'm starting to think maybe we don't know basketball as well as we think we do <laughs> we should just switch podcast <laughs> yeah maybe i'll have a uh, lot more free time that's for sure but it did in fact happen first question to you where were you that's what you always get to ask in these moments where were you when you found out the news that james harden is now a brooklyn net well to be very specific I was at work on the toilet, scrolling, scrolling Reddit. What time was and it? And happened, this happened to refresh oh, about 10.30, I reckon, this morning. Oh, wow. Give or take. No, 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 no. Because I was mess- earlier than that. Yeah, because I messaged you. Oh, do we have to get the act? I don't know. I've got it. It doesn't here. matter what time it was, but it was early. It was in the morning. The, the morning session at work for me is a blur anyway. So it was, it was in that period. Um, and yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, so I messaged you at 8.15. The news dropped at 8.10. This is all A-E-S-T. 
<laughs> or no, sorry, we're in Australian daylight savings time. Yeah. So we're in AEDT. Um, I can't. It's it would have been sometime Wednesday afternoon for all Americans. I can't. I didn't really look into that, but yes, eight ten it broke, and then luckily I've got a good friend named Max. Good old mate, Max. Uh, I yeah, shout outs. I. I told him to do this. If there's ever some crazy, I'm not a, you know, I'm not an early riser. I know you're not either. Unfortunately, I'm these days. If there's any huge news and he's awake for it and I'm not, and he knows I'll be not awake to, I gave him like I set up his Google duo account so he can actually call my Google home, my Google speaker, because he tried calling my phone. Of course I didn't pick up and then he called my speaker and then I just wake up to my speaker, just making this weird noise that I never hear. And then he said to me, um, yeah, he said, James Harden has been traded to the nets. And so I had to get going, making the graphics and getting organized, but that's where I was in bed. (laughs) Beautiful. Um, And it was, let me tell you my first reaction, reading those words, you know, from Woj and Ramona Shelburne, Shelburne, I think her name is, um, like tired, <laughs> of course, delirious, delirious, but like, I was like, ah, oh, shit. Like, you know, because my team, the Sixers, yeah, is the we were the front runners, and as you talked about on the last pod with Spencer Dinwiddie going down, who was going to be part of the package, um, we were definitely the front runner because we got Ben Simmons to throw into mm. the hat or to throw into the onto the table. And I'm going to be honest, I sort of I didn't know what I wanted because the main thing about James Harden is that his his age deters me like we in Philly we've built these you know like Boston pretty much we've built this um rising team around two young guys who are still relatively young 26 Mm. and 24 or or whatever that is in Joel and Ben and if we were to go get a 31 nearly 32 year old Harden where it's like what happens when Harden's gone we just well we left with just joel you know you've decreased your window by doing that that's right it might have been a more potent window but then having been but for two years but um when does james harden start to decline anyway i didn't know what i wanted i'm pretty out on ben i actually haven't said this on the podcast yet because you know we took a few weeks off and it happened then um but especially yesterday. So the Sixers played the Heat. Um, the Sixers played the Heat, and the Heat had no one. We we had a, we've got a few players out due to COVID, but they had absolutely no one. That Hero and Robinson and and the Clinic Kelly Olynyk, and oh boy. and they still took us to overtime. And let me tell you why. Even with our two best players, and that tells you something worrying. Even with their no stars in the heat zone we can't do anything about it and so if we and and what i mean more so is ben simmons can't do anything about the zone it just fought like like Giannis. they just they just drop back and everything's prepared nicely they triple che- triple teaming joel in yesterday's particular game because you know they didn't have bam and jimmy but long story short ben simmons man i'm i'm like 
got your approach now. I've swung all the way to where you are. Maybe not as far because I know you like particularly don't like him. Because he's not a good defender, mate. I scored on him. Oh, he's not. Oh, right. <laughs> because his defense is the main thing that's improved. He's going to be a, a guy who continues to be in the running for defensive player of the year. Yeah. He's so versatile. However, the main, um, the main thing that people keep bagging Ben Simmons with these days is this man might be the most unimproved player of all time. And his offense hasn't changed in. Yeah. Five seasons. Yeah. It, it honestly hasn't. And I just think that if the heat and it's not just one game because all last season, the heat the zone and anyone who we meet in the playoffs is just going to continue to drop off Simmons. It looks different in the regular season. Same with Giannis. Um, Ben is a beautiful player, but he needs like the Giannis treatment. He needs just everyone around him shooting. He needs to be his own guy mm. and blossom into his career like that. I don't, I'm not like totally out, but I'm wanting it to happen. I want, I want us to find a trade. So anyway, that's a long way of saying that my reaction to seeing this was a bit like, a bit like, oh, okay, well, we missed it. You know, James Harden. That was our shot. Yeah, James Harden doesn't become available very often for trade and you're the front runner. And yeah, I just sort of felt that we missed it. That was my reaction as the day went on, you know, just lots of reactions. Then, so let's go through the trade itself. Then more news broke. So here's the whole trade. James Harden, of course, going from the Houston Rockets to the Brooklyn Nets, but then it expanded and the Rockets acquired Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, which if you're working that out, means that the Pacers and the Cavs are already involved. Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Rodion's Kurutz from the Nets as well. Uh, three of Brooklyn's first rounders. That'll be, you know, I don't have to say the years, but um, and one first rounder from the Cavs. And also Brooklyn gave them four first round pick swaps. That's a pretty big haul. It is a big haul. For for good old James. Uh, not I thought I I thought the Rockers got fleeced in all in all honesty. Yeah. It's four first round draft picks and four pick swaps. Yep. They're all gonna be in the late twenties probably. Unless something catastrophic happens, like the Celtics Nets trade of 2014 um, or late 2013. But I don't know, just four pick swaps are kind of irrelevant because you're assuming that they're not actually going to swap positions anyway because Brooklyn's going to be... I don't know. I just... For what he could, they could have got from Philly, I thought this is very underwhelming return. Yep. Um one thing I do want to say, because your response there is actually from what I saw, I felt like it's not the the consensus response. I felt like most people are actually saying that the Rockets actually sort of won the trade. Some people were trying to call that the Rockets won yeah. the trade. But I'm on your side. I can't believe this. <laughs> I'm with it's you. Rare. Let it's me rare. tell people this. The Rockets did well to get Paces in on the deal and get Oladipo. That's pretty yeah. nice because they seem to want to continue to try and win now which is sort of weird, but anyway, 
But the Rockets gave up two first-round picks and two pick swaps for Chris Paul a couple of years ago. And that, I haven't actually articulated all, all the words that I wanted to say in this paragraph, but that is Harden. You know, Harden's tenure and the legacy and the paper trail that he leaves is these, is these big, um, sorry, for Westbrook, not Chris Paul, to trade Chris Paul to get Westbrook. They needed to trade two first round yeah. picks and two pick swaps. This paper trail that Harden's left and the damage that he's sort of done because they've just constantly been going championship or bust. And yes, they got close, but now they're a bit scarred from it. Um, so overall, the Brooklyn Nets have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, if he doesn't retire, and, and James Harden. They are the winner of the trade. You know, getting James Harden. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oladipo and all this shit. Anyone who says that the Rockets have actually won this trade, I'm sorry, but you've got to think about what, you know, the, yeah, the, the shit that it, James Harden left behind him and also just how good he is. Just he, mm. people forgetting just because he hasn't been playing up to his amazing standard so far this season. I reckon he's been doing it on purpose. The whole, the whole gut thing. Um, sticking it out. Sticking out the gut. Yeah, maybe he's yeah, mate, actually... That's what, that's what we're doing as well, aren't we? Yeah, that's what we're doing on purpose, yeah. I swear. Um, but yeah, he's, he's been tanking his value on purpose and just I just think he just doesn't want to play. He's going to go to the Nets and by the if this season goes normal, let's just say, he's going to pick up his, his uh, form and his fitness and all these things yeah. and I think it's going to be pretty dangerous. Um, let's look at the rest of the trade. The Indiana Pacers obviously gave out uh, Oladipo and they got Karis Levert swung around from the Nets and a second rounder from the Rockets. I love that. I love that because Oladipo, since his injury that kept him out for over a year, has not looked the same. Like Malcolm, no, Brogdon, definitely not. Malcolm Brogdon is like the, the, like the main guy guard, the main guard, um, which is weird when you got Oladipo. Yeah, Depot, he shows flashes at the moment, but yeah, he's not, you know, that 25 to 28 points per game scorer that we saw two seasons ago now, three seasons ago. Yeah. How long has it been since we, we saw that? I don't ever know. But I think Levert can, Levert's a tricky one to sort of gauge in my opinion, because he's such a good ISO scorer. And then he has these games where it looks like he's fitting into a system really well. And he picks up seven assists and he's moving the ball, but more often than not, he's the perfect bench piece where for 18 to 22 minutes a game, it's just him doing his own thing while the starters sit down sort of thing. Yeah. So I've, I like Indiana and I think with Sabonis as well, they've got this sort of well-rounded team where there's no real weakness, but no real strength. Do they put him into the starting lineup and take the ball away from everyone else? Or do they put him to the bench and let him go to work against bench units? So I, I like him being there because obviously I think there's going to be more time for him to get the ball and he'll be able to you know, prove the player he is. But I just don't see the fit at this stage. Yeah. He is, as you say, an ISO. I just think he's talented enough. I don't actually have his age right now. Uh, he's deceivingly old. He's like 26 or something like that. Oh, no. Someone that 
He's, yeah, he's 26. Yeah. However, I still believe that's young enough. I, I just love him. I need, like you talk about last pod with when a player always tortures your team, um, you love them more. In the series, not the playoffs we just passed, but the one before that, I think, it, well, or the one before that, um, the Sixers played the Nets in one of their series and Levert just, just killed us. Even though we beat them, he just was a star. Yeah. Um, I believe in him. And I, and it, as, as you're saying, it is a bit of a gamble from the paces, but I, and they, I think they will start him. And I think they're going to, yeah, they're going to make him like their sort of ISO guy. And the good thing, like you were sort of talking about on the paces is they've just got guys who, who know what they are. And I think Laverde is another one of those. And he's had to do some, um, he's had to, yeah, do some mental growing up and maturing with the nets, you know, being the guy sort of, and then having to be pushed to the bench. I think, I reckon this is going to work out. That's just my call. I think it's going to work yeah. out for the Pacers. I think he's... The I think, Pacers always manage to work it out. Yeah. Nothing really goes wrong for them. They just happily sit there in the fourth seed every year. <laughs> yeah. It's going to work out. The last team in this trade, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they needed another big JL <laughs> because they, you know, they lost um, Christian Thompson to the Celtics. So they needed to make sure that Kevin Love and Andre Drummond had that third big <laughs> that they always love so much. I've got their roster up here right now. Jared Allen, not going to say a few of these names. What do you feel about this trade? Uh, for the for the Cavs, getting Jared Allen and Victorian oh. Prince, it's a bit of a nothing trade for them. I think mm. nothing really changes all that much. They're not a they're not even in playoff contention or anything. So my initial thoughts were Allen is like five years younger than Andre Drummond. He's a quarter of the cost or whatever it may be. I don't know if they're going to move from Drummond just yet, but I think he comes off the books next season. So yeah, he does. I think it's just good that they can just extend this. Like with Sexton and Garland, they're not that far away from being a decent team, I think. Um, yeah, and I think a young, talented center like Allen, I know his offensive game is quite limited, but defensively he's quite good. I think this gets them into like, all right, well, now we're looking for we're looking at years 2023 and 2026, you know, that sort of period where we want to be blossoming. And it's just another step in the right direction for them, but you won't see any results for the next few seasons. Yeah. So Torian Prince is a nice player to go for a team, to go into a team that's going to try and battle for 10th in the 11th. East. 11th. Jared Allen is a good up and coming big, you know, or at least, Center, just straight out center, you yeah. know, old fashioned. He's not going to stretch the floor. No. But he's got that vertical spacing, which isn't talked about enough. Before we run out of time on the Cavs, because we have limited time to talk about the Cavs. <laughs> You're going all day, I'm sure. The main question I have to ask for you and our listeners now, ask yourselves, where does this leave Kevin Love? Like they've, they, you know, when, when Trishan Thompson went to the Celtics, it's like, okay, in, a, in one way, we have only two bigs left, not the 10. <laughs> now they bring in Jared Allen, who's got 
more of a future at the Cavs, you'd say, than Drummond or Love. Yeah. Drummond starting. I don't even know where Love is. Is he injured? I feel I like don't know either. I That's watched. the sad thing. Someone that was you know, a top 10 player for so long has now just dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah. I'm just, I'm watching him, he's played two games this season so far. He must be injured. But it was like watching him last season was depressing. Yeah. And there was that footage where he hated I it. I think it was um, Chetty Osman had the ball. Yeah. And then he like, loves open, wide open. He's calling for it. And then Osman gives it to him last second and he's pitched it as hard as he can back at him. Yeah. And he just walks off. Yeah. And it's like, he does not want to, like, may, he says he wants to be in Cleveland. Maybe he does, but he might've been frustrated at that moment. But he's a guy that hasn't always played winning basketball, but then obviously found success with the Cavs. And now he's in this position where he signed a five-year deal expecting the Cavs to be okay without LeBron. And of typical Cavs fashion, as soon as LeBron was not there, everything went to shit. And they didn't even try to build a roster around him or anything like that. So, I don't know. I think his days are done. Not in Cleveland, but his days are done being someone that actually gets mentioned. He's going down the Blake Griffin path very quickly. And I hate that because I love Blake Griffin. I love Kevin Love. They're the same. You watch Blake now and it's like, he can't move. He can't do anything. He's trying out there. He can still pass and still handle the ball, but he can't. Don't actually get anywhere with it because he's so slow. And I think Kevin Love's taking that trajectory at the moment. So in your mind, is there a trade for Kevin Love by the end of this season or? But who, who wants him with his contract? So last year he put up 17 and 10, which is good. You mm. take that. But for what, what's he getting paid? 25 mil a year for someone that's not going to play a lick of defense. Mm. I don't know. I can't imagine anyone going all out for him, thinking that's going to push them over the edge for a contender. Yep. Very interesting guys. Like, as you said, Kevin Love, Blake Griffin, and, and the two guys, the two old blokes at the Spurs, just don't know what's going to happen. You'd think they'll get traded, but who knows? Yeah. That's the trade itself. Uh, let's talk about what it means. So let's look at these rosters. So mm-hmm. James Harden. The yeah. most he's he's always in it in the MVP race. He did win it once in 2018. He's three times been the scoring champion. He's been the assist leader in one year. He's got a very good resume for someone that gets hated on so much. He plays every game, as in you know he doesn't miss. He never, games. He never injured. Yeah, and unless he ne- he's going to the strippers. Yeah, and he never misses games. Uh, there's stories about how he'll go. You know he'll be here. He'll be out all night you know, the night before a game and then show up and drop 40. That's just the James Harden way. He is unbelievable. And the two guys next to him, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are both, you know, multiple time all-stars and champions. And it's just the Brooklyn Nets. Let's, let's list off their, their team. All right. Hit me. They're going to have, they get, this is going to be their starting lineup. Kevin Durant, Joe Harris, DeAndre Jordan, Kyrie Irving, if he doesn't retire, <laughs> and, Big if. and James Harden. Let me, let me hit you with another starting lineup that's somewhere in the US of A. Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Marcus Gasol, Dennis, Schro- Dennis Schroeder or Schroeder? What do you say? Schroeder. Yeah, Dennis Schroeder, KCP. 
you're looking at the document as well. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm looking I've got at. it up. Well, and truly. I just copy all your notes. Do you, do you like the way I like, I highlighted the nets in black? Color coded and everything. Yeah. yeah. Ah, it's good. Looks, looks very good knife. And I also put for all our listeners and watchers, I put the Lakers in gold and purple. Anyway, <laughs> when you're looking at it like this, what is your first reaction? Who's winning in a seven game series out of these two teams? I'm still going with the Lakers and I feel like, I mean, on, on trade day, everyone gets way too excited for everything, mm. but on the uh, NBA, uh, any website I went on today, pretty much it was championship or bust for the Nets. It is. And it's like, well, obviously because they're giving away like, quite a lot for this team and they've only got about two seasons to do it before they're all free agents. But and a hundred, yeah. But I don't know. I just I'm not buying into the hype until I see it. And I said this early on in one of our earlier podcasts where the rumors first came out for this trade, and I said they'd be elite without any doubt. But they're less than the sum of their parts. Like these are guys that Harden needs the ball. Kyrie doesn't necessarily need the ball, but he likes the ball. Durant doesn't need the ball, but he likes the ball. There's only one ball out there. They're not all going to get their 30. Kyrie couldn't even stand being second fiddle to LeBron. How is he going to stand being third fiddle to the, you know, these two other guys? I just, until I see what sort of offense Steve Nash wants to run and Mike D'Antoni want to run, I'm in that camp where I'm just thinking, where does the offense go to? Obviously, they can all score in isolation. But Kyrie's not great at setting up an offense. Harder's not great at running an offense unless it's, you know, isolation, let him go to work and kick to the corners. He's not good at actually getting the motion going. Durant can clearly play in that. We saw him do that in, in Golden State. And he can obviously go to work in ISO. But I don't know. This for me, it's not like a... You just see LeBron and AD on the other side. And it's like every single possession one of those two will have the ball and it can just be a simple screen and roll. Or they're both well enough, they can orchestrate an offense. Just, I mean, it doesn't even contribute to anything you're saying or the com- maybe not the conversation, but is this the best three players that have ever come together? At this, point of, at this point of their careers? Off memory, like just off the top of my head. I mean, the... The KD Warriors, that, that three worked better together. Yeah, but they're not better than these three. In terms of re- resume, it, it would be up there without actually thinking about it. Unless you wanted to go like the 2004 Lakers, but Who, Payton they, was past it. Yeah, they got... Gary Payton like, was past his prime and um, Malone was... I mean, he still had a great season, but he did his MCL, I think, three quarters of the way through the season and that sort of derailed it all. But it'd be up there. This is definitely, in my basketball knowledge, the, at this point of their career, this is the best three players that have ever been on the same team. Um, obviously, what, I, what I, about the, 20, the 2012 Bobcats? Well, I actually don't know any players to name. <laughs> <laughs> that was a year before I got into it all, but I wish I could. I can tell you some process sixes, including TLC, Timothy Luau Cabarro, who's earned his spot on the net. He sometimes starts. He probably will never start again. But never. Um, he actually plays, which is amazing. I love yeah. 
love seeing process sixes, such as Jeremy Grant getting paid and playing well in the Pistons. Anyway, let's get back to it. You agree, So tell me your most important things in a playoff, in a playoff game. Defense. Mm-hmm. That's always going to be number one. Second is having a guy that can score in a close game down the stretch, which the Nets definitely have. Got three of them. Yep, without a doubt. And that's and they got a, like Joe Harris is such a good shooting threat that it just draws the defender no matter what. Pretty sure he's shooting like 50% from three to yeah. start the season. And so I think they're like the two things you need. And then you just need – you don't necessarily need depth in a playoff series because you can run an eight-man rotation, but you just need no weakness. You can't have a guy that's one-dimensional because yeah. that's where teams will strategize for that. If I'm the Lakers going against the Nets – you initially think get the ball out of Harden's hands. If he's bringing the ball to the court, quick early double, get back. So whoever's on someone like DeAndre Jordan, just a quick double, get the ball out of Harden's hands. And knowing what we know, that probably takes him out of the possession. And then you're playing four on five. Mm. If the Lakers, I mean, obviously there'd be way much more depth into this because Steve Nash would work something out. But that's what I mean by like they're less than the sum of their parts because there's a weakness there. They've got guys that when they don't have the ball, won't do that much. Whereas the Lakers, even someone like, um, Contavious Caldwell Pope, he showed in the playoffs, he was fantastic at running the break and just being ready in the corner. And that honestly just might be the difference. Those guys that are there, you know, that run from the fourth best player on the team to seventh have more to have a more well-rounded game than I think the net guys do. At any time in a playoff game, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving on the court together, you can get a bucket at any, mo- any moment you want or, or yeah. a good-looking um, attempt. Yeah. What I will say is while everyone can run a fast break, not everyone can run like a – like even with these three players can run like a Warriors or a LeBron AD, blah, blah. LeBron, like beautiful, uh, fast – paced offense yeah and that's the only sort of dent i will say in this um nets offense when it comes Mm. to playoffs just playoffs that maybe if the lakers just have a perfect series offensively their beautiful flowing offense will may actually beat the nets um stagnant offense but really ISO ball is so important in in playoff basketball and they've got three Kings of it. Um, So that's obviously a Nets pro. However, this isn't some golden state sort of world. Golden state were the number one defense in the league as well. Yes, that's right. You you look at this Nets team. If they come out of the East, you know, the Lakers come out of the West. How, who defends LeBron and who defends AD? Yeah, no, no, no. I, You've got I, DeAndre Jordan playing 33 minutes a game probably, who he's going down the Blake Griffin and Kevin Love path <laughs> as we speak. So, yeah, they might score 120 points every single game, but they're probably going to be giving up similar to that. Yeah. I, I was just about to go on and say that DeAndre Jordan, as you're saying, he's just, he's just declined and declined and declined ever since he's left Lob City and Chris Paul at the Clippers. 
he can still sort of stand there as a tree in the paint, but yeah. against, and so I'd, I'd just assume he'd probably be, I don't know, but he's going to stand in front of like AD or Gasol. Yeah. Um, but he's not going to do much else in terms of defending. He's going to do some nice lobs, you'd hope, on offense. But anyway, yeah, that's you're correct. There'll be so much space in that Jordan will have so much room for lobs. While we say that these three players might be the best three players in this point of their career on the same team, it's amazing to say that they might not necessarily be better than the Lakers in a seven-game series because the first thing you mentioned that's important in a playoff game is defense. And as you also said, the Nets don't have much defense. If KD's coming off the Achilles, he's 32, he's already said Nets is his last stop. I'm not going to say that he's not going to defend, or you know, but he's not the it defender. It hasn't looked promising so far. He's not the defender he once was. No, and even then he wasn't great. Yeah, and even... He was good, but not great. Yeah, and the rest of them are the same story. Same with the bench, apart from Bruce Brown. <laughs> AD and LeBron James, who can lock down, and Marcus Salt can be a tree and also a tiny bit more at this stage. And Matthews can play his role. So can Caruso lock down. That's another thing that we haven't yet mentioned. The Lakers have Harrell. Matthews, Caruso, and I would even put Kuzma coming off the bench. Mm. Whereas the Nets only have Jeff Green and nothing. Yeah. I mean, like this Nets team is going to make a few more trades. Yeah. They have to pick up. Um, I, I They've would got just, no other big men other than Jordan. So they're going to be looking for someone. They're going to be doing waivers. I reckon they got nothing to trade. They, yeah. uh, for me, but they got could, nothing to trade. They're going to be picking up guys off. Um, yeah. Waivers. And there's really not that many people available, are there? <laughs> no. Bring Tyson Chandler back out of retirement for like the fourth time. Um, one question I have to ask you on that point is, Kyle Kuzma, is, it, is this the point? Is this the time? Lakers have been waiting for this maybe. And it's like, oh, you think you, think you got this going? The Lakers can beat the Nets as of right now and they still haven't even executed everyone's first choice of their off-season transactions. They can trade Kuzma and, I don't know, maybe a pick or something or just Kuzma for something that helps them in the NBA Finals. I don't know what else they need at the moment. That's the thing. There's no glaring hole in the Lakers lineup. Yeah. And that's what's the... But you've got to say they will do it. They're gonna, they, you think they would do it. Maybe. He's been playing really well this season for, for Kuzma standards anyway. Mm. Like he hasn't been... He hasn't held them back at all. So... Maybe they just run with it because, like, what do you trade him for? There aren't many guys that you're going to get for him anyway. It's not like he's got this. It's not like he holds, you know, it's not like everyone wants him and they're going to give up a lot for him. Yeah. He's just an average player that can score in bunches at, at times inefficiently and can't really defend. Well, when I look at this team, because they're going to be thinking about the Nets, and can I just also guarantee that you are also agreeing that it's Nets Lakers. If everything goes smoothly, it's Nets Lakers. Well, yeah, at this stage, yeah. It's not Celtics. 
Wait, so you pretend you want me not to be biased because I thought I was doing the whole act thing where I pretend Boston's not coming out. <laughs> Boston's winning the East. Oh, God. Um, hey, Peyton Pritchard's going to be finals MVP. Just to shore things up, sure, I know Kuzma's been doing all right, but they got Harrell and Matthews and Caruso. That's already more than the, the Nets can get. If they can trade Kuzma for, oh, let's go top of the head. Some perimeter, like someone who can do their best against Kyrie Irving. Let's go. Like, look at that team, the two teams. I'm not too confident about someone. You can't really do much about Harden and everyone knows that. Like, mm. you need like Ben Simmons. He'll get his own. He'll get his own. Yeah, you need Ben or like a Kogi <laughs> to, to block Harden. Clamps. Or Ryan Brockoff, who's blocked Harden. Yep. Uh, old mate, guest of the show, go check that episode out. But I would just think a guard defender or a perimeter defender, like a, a very agile one, would well, be I mean, nice on uh, the Lakers. Taylor Horton Tucker is proving game by game that he's going to be a great defender. He's got one of the longest wingspans I've ever seen for someone that's like six foot five. But Caruso is a, de- I mean, Caruso is a decent defender. Wes Matthews can defend. Montrez Harrell, I'll be surprised if he gets a minute in the playoffs against the Nets because they would torture him in the pick and roll. But they've got guys that will hold their own. And that's sort of all we can ask for against this Annette's team with three superstars. Very true. Well, yeah, for me, it's as, as we both predicted already, but now it's locked in for me. I, I do believe, I think, a bit more than you in this KD uh, Irving Harden. I think that they... I still think they'll come out the East. So, like, I'm not... Yeah, I'm yeah, just, yeah. Like, I'm not. I'm not like. Oh, it's not going to work at all. I'm just not obsessed with it. Like some people are. You're just sort of saying that, as we discussed. You know, while they're the three best players together ever, that they somehow might not even be the favourites to win the championship, which sounds pretty um, hollow. Um, yeah, and I agree with that. Uh, I wanted to bring up the Sixers just quickly. I know I already talked about them for ages, but. Just before we finish up, just give me a... Do you want to talk? Where, where does this leave the Sixers? Apparently, they offered Ben Simmons, um, Matisse... Tyrese, Ma- oh, Ty- Tyrese, Tyrese Maxey. Maxey. Yeah, Tyrese Maxey and the Rockets also wanted Thibel. Um, You had to take that. Why? Did, I don't know why they didn't. That, to me, is a better package. Would, you know, there would have been a few picks involved as well, I'm assuming. But that to me is better than it's been what Brooklyn gave up. Maury, there was a rumor once not long ago that you know the the Rockets or Harden's camp spread out that the Sixers offered up Ben Simmons, and who knows if we actually did? But Maury straight yeah. away shut it down, and yeah. he said Ben Simmons is going to be here for a long time. No one's coming out to shut that one down. So it sounds like Ben Simmons was actually on the table for mm. um, the from the Sixers. If he is on the table, I know so many people are, and maybe this is for a different pod because this is just the James Harden pod. But if he is on the table, surely now the Sixers and Daryl Morey, who's very championship or bust, goes after Bradley Beal. Because you've seen what Bradley Beal has been doing and he can defend. 
Yes, some people say, oh, where's the point guard? For God's sake, in the half court, do not tell me that Ben Simmons is a point guard because I'm over it. You get to the half court, the half in court. In transition, by all means. And I'm, I'm not even joking. In the half court, he stands at the top of the key outside the three-point line with his arms up like a like this, like a pass over his head, like a soccer throw-in, ready to set up the offense, which just goes to Joel. In non- What's taking you so long? <laughs> How long have I been saying this for? The exact same thing. I just, and then he goes and stands in the dunker spot. Yeah, I just thought that. I just thought that with everything clicking, the shooters and everything, it might have been like it just fit into working. But no, no, like because it can in a, in another universe, but it just doesn't. There's just something missing. Um. And a lot of that can be put down to how much we gave up for Tobias Harris and paid Tobias paid Tobias Harris. We gave up like a like a few. I'm telling you, a few first rounders and Landry Shamit for Tobias Harris, and then gave him the max. If we hadn't have done that, and we hadn't done all this stupid shit, and our former GM had a burner account on Twitter for God's sake, maybe we'd be in a better spot, and we could afford just a simple ball handler like a I don't know, like a Terry, scary Terry. You don't want scary Terry, but we don't, (laughs) and this is what we have to deal with. And unfortunately it just looks like for us to win in the Embiid prime window, it's going to be something like trading Ben for a shooting guard that can create his own shot. Can you imagine a, how awful a Westbrook Simmons (laughs) backcourt would be? I know. And that's the problem. Like, if to, for it to happen, the Wizards would just need to have to give up again. Um, but the Sixers I, have to offer a lot of draft picks. Yeah, I really hope that they can pull that off. But anyway, that's where the Sixers are. Ben's name has officially been confirmed. Sixers are blah, blah. COVID's taken over the NBA. Um, anything else you want to just add to our little hardened? I don't think so. Do, do I we, don't think so. It's... Do we talk enough about it? There's not much more we can say. It's done. Harden's yeah. got his wish. And like, it, it's all just speculation at this point in terms of how they'll play together. And that's what I'm, yeah. I can't wait to watch the first game they're doing. Cause I just want to see what offense they run. Yeah. I mean, it could be literally as simple as start the three of them together and then just rotate who's on the bench and just have two on at the same time. Because, but that being said, I was thinking about this earlier when Harden, and Kyrie are on the court together and KD sitting. What happens there? Because yeah. these are guys that love having the ball in their hands, love over-dribbling. It works in Harden's case when he's surrounded by shooters. He's not going to be surrounded by shooters in Brooklyn other than Joe Harris. What's Kyrie doing in that situation? And when Kyrie's going to work, what's Harden doing? Yeah, and I think this, this, is, this is very quietly or maybe obviously that the Nets got first-time head coach Steve Nash to be their coach, but they also hired Mike D'Antoni okay. yeah. Yeah, to be their assistant coach. And I feel like he's going to be, you know, talking to Harden, but it's not just familiarity, if that's a word. Um, it is. It, <laughs> very, very commonly used word, Nate. <laughs> I just didn't know how to say it. Um, it's not just being familiar. <laughs> I'm not going to say it again. It's also that D'Antoni has had to work with Harden and and uh, CP and Harden and Westbrook, and he obviously would know how to talk to him, set it up, 
blah, blah. A lot of ISO ball, not a lot of depth at the moment. It's going to be interesting, but some nights they're going to absolutely smack some teams. You've got to imagine. You're getting those 80-point first halves. Yeah. Well, James Harden is officially a Brooklyn Net JL. Yeah. I, this is where we are. This is the world we live in. The, the, the year of the dynamic duos or the big twos, you know, the evaporation of the big threes has, didn't last long. And no, how, how nice was a bit of parody for a little bit. That's right. And just one more comment on that. I forgot that, I, you know, to talk in the LeBron thing. I, don't really subs- I didn't really subscribe to the whole, oh, you put the Golden State Warriors together to beat, just to beat LeBron. But now that it's been done twice, like, for God's sake, like, and it, you don't have to actually say that this is intentionally to beat LeBron. Like, it's not everyone's number one thing on their mind. But in a way, LeBron... LeBron's- That's how you need to win a championship. LeBron is really going up against it again. Like, like, let's not talk about Jordan, but Jordan never had to go up against it. That's the thing. I don't care what his thoughts are in the GOAT debate. LeBron's had to play harder teams than Jordan ever had to in the finals. Yeah. Like and this that's, is, that's fact. There's no way you could argue otherwise. So like, talk Le- rings all you want, but that's just what it is. This is just so nice for now. This is so it looks so good in LeBron's favor. This this trade happening, and also KD. I also personally, I think it dents his legacy again because don't if he can't win on his own ever. Yeah, don't tell me he was there first because, as I've always said since the start of this season, KD and Kyrie are running the show. If they didn't want to get Harden, they wouldn't. They wouldn't you know, have, Yeah, they would have been talking to Harden behind the closed doors. KD's legacy goes down again and LeBron's goes up. What if LeBron season? manages to beat this team, like, yeah, his resume is getting deeper and deeper as it goes on, but this is another one to tick off the bucket list, I suppose. That's it. Well, we'll leave it there and we'll talk again next week when the NBA has um, just postponed. Fold- <laughs> yeah, folded over into itself and gone into the pollution of the coronavirus. Yeah, why are we even having this episode when the season's not going to finish? <laughs> By the time they can all play together, these three guys, uh, they're all 32. Kyrie's 28, but Jordan's, DeAndre Jordan's 32. The season's not going to be, we're not going to get any, any NBA ever again. So I don't know why they no. joined up. Um, anyway, we'll leave it there. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, don't forget to leave a five star rating or review. Check us out on social media, Instagram, Twitter. Follow us there. And Facebook, JR. We're nearly at 10,000 followers. Getting close. And we're nearly at our one-year anniversary, which I think is the 23rd of Jan. Love to hit that 10,000 followers mark on Facebook. So go and follow us and like us on there. Hit subscribe or follow, whether you're on YouTube or whatever podcast app. JL, I I hope to talk to you about basketball next week. Fingers crossed. Anything can happen. All right. Speak to you soon.